Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Uh, Socceroos v Oman live. You'll be able to see it on Channel 10 Play, uh, also 10 Bold. Uh, this is just phenomenal now. Uh, football in this country has been given a shot in the arm, courtesy of Channel 10. And uh, Australia have got their third World Cup qualifier. 5 a.m. Uh, the coverage starts. 5.30 a.m. is kickoff tomorrow morning. And then uh, Japan and the Socceroos do action uh, Tuesday from 8.30 next week. So it's a, it's a big week for the Socceroos. Their third and fourth World Cup qualifiers. 3-0 win over China. 1-0 win over Vietnam so far. And there's history beckoning for them if they can get their 11th win in a row. Um, And the voice of football in our country, and of course in these nervous times uh, when we do have World Cup qualifiers, it's good to know uh, that Simon Hill will be leading the coverage on Channel 10. He's been good enough to jump on the line. Simon, hello to you, mate. Good to be with you. How are you? Uh, Very well. Um, Well, first and foremost, uh, football has a new home in the country uh, and it's uh, looking like everyone's settling in quite nicely uh, at Channel 10. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's nice to have this you know fresh start for the game. Obviously, it's been a significant financial investment as well. But uh, aside of that, it's more to do with um, you know how we can grow this game over the next uh, five years. It's it's a lengthy deal. Um, everybody's been very enthusiastic. I can tell you, at Channel Ten, they're mad keen, which is brilliant for you know for us who've been involved in the game for a long time. And uh, I'm hoping that it's it's going to be a profitable partnership on both sides of the equation. And uh, you know, we can get this game back to where it should be. Well, a big part of, of doing that, Simon, as you know, is is getting to World Cups and having an impact at World Cups. And I had this chat with Andy Harper um, before, I think it was the, uh, the China game. And we we're talking about the fact that when you look at this squad that's going to step out to take on Oman, there's probably only one or two names that um, maybe the passive football fan would know. But that's maybe the exciting part of all this, that we're, we, we've got a team here that we're actually going to grow with uh, and to see guys like Matt Ryan, Tom Rogic uh, go out there, the, the names we know. But then there's guys like Harry Sutar, who I, I want to ask you about, who's doing turning a lot of heads uh, in the UK at the moment as well. It's it, these. This is a period of the game that's really important to re-establish uh, our Socceroos as household names. Yep, totally agree with that. Um, obviously, you know we had the golden generation of 2006 mm. and. They stuck around for quite some time. Um, now, the, the generations that have followed, with respect to them, have probably not been quite as good, and that's understandable because they were you know, pretty unique. But I, I think we've got a crop of exciting youngsters. Uh, Harry Sutar is certainly one, and you won't miss him. He's, he's six foot uh, six or six foot seven. I think he's the tallest outfield player ever to play for Australia. Uh, speaks with a Scottish accent, but his mum was born in Port Hedland, so uh, he, he qualifies to play for the Socceroos. 
And of course, there are others. Another um, uh, member of the Scottish accent, Martin Boyle, who will probably feature tonight against Oman, mm. um, who's made a very good start to uh, international football, scoring a lot of goals in, in, in any a few games. And then there's the next generation that are just coming through, the likes of Awa Mabil, who's starting to become a regular. Daniel Arzani is on the fringes at the moment. We've got other players who are not necessarily a part of this Socceroos squad, but I can tell you, Alu Kool, who we watched in the A-League with the Mariners last year, has uh, started like a train uh, with his new German club, VfB Stuttgart, and has been called up for senior training for their first-team squad. So there is a, a new generation that's coming through, being nurtured by Graham Arnold. That's part of the reason why he took the Oli Roos job initially as well, to, to you know try and guide that next generation. And some of them now are starting to break through. Riley McGree's another one. Um, so it's exciting. Now, that's not to say that 100% they're going to go on and become this next golden generation because we just don't know. But I think there's, there's enough excitement in this new crop of players uh, to, to foretell of, uh, of something you know, better ahead for, for the Socceroos. And obviously, that means qualifying for World Cups and you know, doing better at World Cups, getting out of the groups into the knockout stage. Um, but before all that, they got to qualify. They made a very good start, six points out of six. Um, but these next two games really are key. Oman tonight or tomorrow morning, Australian time. And then the really tough one, the toughest trip in Asia, away to Japan on Tuesday. Uh, absolutely. And before we get on to that, Harry Sutar, as you mentioned, I was reading Vince Rigari's article in the Sydney Morning Herald and Graham Arnold just saying how much potential this young man's got. And he's already captured uh, the attention of some EPL sides in Everton, Tottenham as well, and, and which would be a really big shot in the arm as well because with Matt Ryan going to Rail Sociedad, we're left without anybody uh, in the top flight in the Premier League at the moment. So if he was to get back there, again, these are just those little things we're talking about, Simon, that really just re-establish um, football in Australia. Australia at, at, at front of mind and, and more pro- prominent in the consciousness. Yeah, that, look, that's true. Um, you know, obviously in this country we're we're very much focused on the English Premier League, which is understandable. It's very accessible for us. Uh, you know, we watch all the games, um, and if, if you do well in the Premier League, as we saw in the past with Harry Kuehl and Tim Cale, Mark Duke, Mark Schwartz, and Lucas mm. Neal, you tend to become a household name in this country. Uh, that's a little bit unfair, it must be said, on the other leagues in Europe, some of whom our players are playing in and are very, very good. Absolutely. Um, you know, Matt Ryan playing in La Liga, that's one of the best competitions in the world. But it's, it's not quite as accessible for us here. So, yeah, mm. if Harry was to get that move, and I, look, I don't know how true those rumours are, but I've read them too, that Everton and Tottenham are interested. Then, of course, you know, he, he'd come more to the fore of the consciousness of football fans and general sports fans in this country. And that can only be a good thing for the Socceroos. So I hope it happens. Um, he's certainly got the potential to play at that level. Um, let, let's see if he gets his move. Mm. And the A-League is going from strength to strength means that we're getting more quality players staying. So, hey, with these with these two games, really the exciting is um, is the history that could be uh, about to be made. Uh, 11 in a row if they had to get the win over Oman, Simon Hill. And um, that's pretty rare air given that I think there's only three other nations, isn't there, that have won more than 10 in a row in qualifying for World Cups? Yeah, that's right. And in Asian terms, uh, no team has done it before. So Australia have already made history uh, by winning 10 in a row. And of course, if they win tonight, it'll be another new record. Uh, The other um, Australian record that they're sort of edging towards is the Socceroos' best ever winning streak in history was 14. 
and that was back in the mid to late 90s. Right. So, that, you know, if they win these next two games, they're sort of on the cusp of that as well. Um, now, you know, without wishing to get carried away, it's, it's terrific that they've been winning consistently. Some of the opposition they've faced hasn't been the highest standard, but these next two games, these are tough. Mm. Uh, particularly the one on Tuesday, but tonight won't be easy either. Oman have been to Japan in this qualifying series and won already. So they're a good side, an up-and-coming team full of uh, good, um, physically strong pro- uh, professionals who are well-guided by Branko Ivankovic, the Croatian who leads them. So uh, th- th- this is the acid test now for the Socceroos. Uh, you know, th- it's great that they've won all those games, but can they beat the, the-, the cream of the crop in Asia? And these are the tests that we're facing over the next five days. And and two wins here, Simon, so important given that the top two automatically go through. I think there's, um, including these games, I think about eight to go in the qualifying. And, and you mentioned the calibre of opponent. But to do it, given that they won't be able to play the, the, uh, the Oman game at home, as they were hoping to do, they're at their home away from home, Doha at uh, Khalifa Stadium where they beat China, 3-0. These are just the little things along the way that can just help build that resilience and uh, and, and test the grit um, and they can be so important but it, you just get the feel that these two are, are so vital. They are. Um, four points out of six I would settle for. Mm. Um, a win tonight and a, and a draw in Japan because as I say that is the toughest place in Asia to go and get a result. You know, ideally, it would be nice to get six points out of six. If they do that, well, goodness me, if they don't reach Qatar from there, then they probably don't deserve to be at a World Cup. But um, I, I think these these two games are important, uh, vitally so. And then, of course, next month, they've got a home game against Saudi Arabia, and we've all got our fingers and toes crossed that, uh, you know, they're going to be allowed to actually play that game in Australia. That yep. would be really nice for the Socceroos because it would give them a big advantage playing in their own conditions, maybe with some fans there as well. We haven't seen the Socceroos in two years now on Australian soil. So, you know, it's, it's difficult for the players. And we all know the problems with the pandemic, which mm. is making it tough for everybody. But at some point, it will be great to get them back home. What are you liking about the Graham Arnold-led Socceroos and the way that they're playing uh, at the moment, Simon Hill? Look, I just think it's a, it's a good balance of defence and attack. Um, you know, Arnie likes his teams to go forward, but he doesn't neglect the defensive side. He, he wants a structure um, that, that provides clean sheets. And, and another thing that people aren't talking about is that they haven't actually now conceded a goal in World Cup qualifying in over seven hours. Now, again, the caveat for that is, you know, some of the opposition they've faced hasn't been the strongest, but... Uh, to not concede a goal at international level in seven hours and nine minutes, that's the record at the moment. Uh, you know, that, that's some going, and that shows that they're, they're not only good at the pointy end of the pitch, where they've scored 32 goals, incidentally, in those 10 qualifiers, but at the other end, they're not conceding either. That's a pretty good recipe for success. Um, it'd be remiss of us not to talk about the, um, the, the fact that the football world in the country, Simon, has been rocked um, by some really confronting reports, uh, the Lisa Devanna story um, and, and what her experiences have been in the national setup from a young age, more p- players coming forward to, to talk about incidents of um, indecent uh, acts or, or, or harassment or bullying. Um, these are really serious times, a really serious issue and uh, Football Australia uh, welcoming an in, uh, the development of an independent complaint management process in light of these allegations, um, 
it's uh, it, it seems like it is a very very important moment in for football in this country. How has the events of the week landed with you and resonated with you? Well, like everybody else, um, a little bit shocked mm. at, at the nature of the allegations. Uh, you know, lots of us have heard rumours down the years, but they've been just that. So to actually, <coughs> excuse me, see it in black and white is quite shocking. And, you know, the only thing I could say is that I, I welcome the fact that there's going to be an independent investigation. I think that's necessary. Um, I think it's vital that uh, players such as Lisa Devanna and, and others, and there may be others to come forward in this as well, that they're heard, and, and not only heard, but heard with sensitivity and compassion, because clearly, you know, these are, are pretty traumatic uh, events, um, even though at the moment, you know, as we say, they're, they're allegations. So they, they need to be investigated uh, to the fullest extent. And once we know that the full truth of the matter then really it's up to the governing body to take the necessary action. Um, they're, they're very, very serious complaints on paper. And um, it, it's, look, it's not great for the game. Uh, I don't think we're the only sport that is suffering from this. I mean, we've, you know, we've seen reports of gymnastics and mm. swimming going through the same problem. It is absolutely imperative that everybody who plays sports, men, boys, girls, women, do so in a very safe and supportive environment. And if that's not the case in our sports, in football, then it needs to be uh, have a light shone on it and it needs to be sorted and fast. No, it's, it's brilliantly said, uh, well said, and there's not much more uh, that you can really add to that. Uh, I think you've encapsulated that really well. Um, and it's, it is for all of us to, to be looking, you know, and you, you make sure now and hopefully the positive that can come of this is that everybody looks in their own backyard when it comes to the sport that they're involved in and, and just make sure that we're running the eye over, especially at the lowest levels, um, you know, with, with, and, and, and protecting the, those that are the most vulnerable. So I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, in more positive news, Simon Hill, and really interesting and, and, and showing um, I want to be trailblazers. I was really interested in the story during the week about the A-League rebranding and bringing themselves all under the one banner, regardless of it being men's or women's. It was a really positive step during the week. Yeah, look, I think that's something that, um, you know, if all of the sports were starting from afresh today, mm. I think this would be a no-brainer. I think they'd all do it. Um, so the fact that we're a young competition, both men's and women's, has probably enabled us to, you know, steal into the lead a little bit on this and say, well, look, we can do this. Um, so I think it's a positive step. I know, you know, some people might be a little bit confused by it initially because it's now the A leagues rather than the A league and W league, and I'm, you know, a little bit um, disappointed, I guess, that we've lost. 13 years of history of the W League, but nothing stays the same forever. If it's a positive change, mm. then I welcome it. And I think, obviously, for equality purposes, uh, it's a good thing. But also, commercially, to have the two you know, brands, if you want to put it in, in those terms, aligned, um, hopefully is going to be good for the game you know, from a financial point of view as well. And we can't ignore that either. So... Yeah, I think overall it's 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 a nice fresh start, and along with the new TV deal, and uh, no doubt plenty more initiatives to come. I think this is just the start. You know, we've had a naming rights sponsor as well announced this week with uh, Isuzu Ute coming on board for the men's competition. Um, so we're starting to see some progress.
Uh, absolutely. Hey, can't wait uh, for this uh, the, these couple of games in a row. You've you've put, you set it up brilliantly for us, Simon Hill, as you always do. Really appreciate it. A couple of vital World Cup qualifiers for the Socceroos, and it starts uh, their third one of those uh, is tomorrow morning. 5 a.m. The coverage starts. 5:30 a.m. Kickoff. You can see it on Channel 10 and simulcast on 10 Play. Simon Hill will be heading up the coverage. Uh, the voice of football in this country, mate. It's always so, such a pleasure to, to have your time and and your company on the show. We appreciate it. Pleasure. Have a good week. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.